Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor, Jamie Miller. Hey, so good morning. Everybody doing all right today? It's good to be in worship together. I just was sitting there thinking there's really no place else I'd rather be than just right here doing this, worshiping like that, and just it's a joy. It really is such a blessing in our lives to get to do what we get to do with the people that we get to do it with, our brothers and sisters in Christ here at Antioch. Um, I want to thank Paul uh, Coulter, one of our elders. I don't know if he's in this service, but uh, for preaching, uh, somebody's pointing, and I'll just keep, right there he is. <laughs> Thanks, man. Way to go. Appreciate you. It's like, woo. That's funny. Um, is Sandy Hennup in this service? So um, Sandy is a longtime sis- uh, friend, sister that's connected to the church here. She helps to serve with the international uh, headquarters for Antioch out of the middle, e- uh, excuse me, the far east. And uh, she's going to be in just she's with us today. So if you see her between services, she is a, a rock star hero of the faith. She really is. And I, just before we jump into scripture reading here, I want to also remind us in two weeks, on August 26th, we're going to have a special giving day. It's just an, ex, just over and above day, extraordinary giving. Part of that, that is going to go to Unbound, our anti-trafficking ministry. Part of it's going to go to, uh, sh- just sharing the love of God and, and promoting unity here in the city. We're going to make a special gift to another church and or churches. Uh, with that as well. And uh, then there's also a few other things as well we'll be doing with that. So that's coming up August 26th. Be praying. Kim and I are going to be praying. What do we want to do? Just uh, that over and above kind of kind of giving thing on that day. And part of the reason we do that is to help people that haven't been in the in the game just to, to take let's take a take a step of faith and and to uh, begin giving. And that's actually kind of what we're talking about today in this little window of time each year. We focus on discipleship during the summer. And so we do a lot of times we'll do marriage focused messages. We'll also do some finance ones. And that's what we're doing right now. And this message is called Disciples, Discipline and Giving. Shout me down. Come on. Listen to the church. Preach it. Preach it. Okay. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Philippians chapter two, verses five through seven. This is a famous passage. And I really felt like the Lord gave me something just in terms of this is the way God really is. He's giving. That's that's who He is. He's self-giving in His very heart and character and relationally. And so let's look at this. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made Himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant And being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So, Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you would help us, give us light today on what you're really like, that your character would shape us and mold us and that we would grow in practices that will shape us into your image. We ask that in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, you know, there's some there's some enthusiasm in Paul about giving when you read the, the Paul's letters. And there's this process that I want to introduce us to. And if you haven't already, we talk about this a lot around Antioch, but 
um, God gives us a desire. He puts something in our hearts, a desire that comes from Him. But in order to see that desire lived out, a lot of times we have to walk through some discipline. So desire leads to discipline. Like I want, I want some of that stuff in my life. And then ultimately that leads to delight. But it's a lot of times the joy we experience in our Christian walk is because we've actually walked through some discipline in order to, to, to get there. Does that make sense? So desire, discipline, delight. That's kind of this process we're looking at. But I'll, I'm going to go ahead and say right at the beginning here, there are some hindrances to us and our money. Hindrances, right? There's, there's, there's setback. And the first one is us. First hindrance is us. It's like, I like my money. I don't want to part with my money. I do a lot of things to get money. And basically, money affects every single part of our lives. So hindrance number one is, it's just, it's me. It's us. It's, it's, that, that's us dynamic. The second one is idols. So second hindrance would be the fact that money, possessions, a lot of times those things end up taking a higher priority in our lives than God. And Jesus said, you can't serve them both at the same time. It's got to be one or the other. And so, so what happens is when, when money becomes an idol, it makes it hard for me to part with it in order to honor God with it. Make sense? So hindrance number two. Hindrance number three is hurts. Hurts. And that could be bad tapes. You know, uh, a bad tape would be all churches talk about is money. That's all, all churches, all they're talking about is, is money. We are, we are literally talking about money today. But, um, it's not all we talk about. I think we would be, actually at Antioch, we would be more open to the accusation that all you guys talk about is what? Yeah, just week after week after week. It's just like, it's the same thing. Just the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, week after week after week. But, you know, so here's what happens. We get a tape going, and then when we, we, we hear that we, the, the, the deal about a tape is it feeds our other stuff. It feeds the idea that I want my money to be about me, and it feeds my idols. So we get a tape going. It's interesting how conveniently our tapes work with the flesh to stop us from being generous. So, misconceptions all, all along the way. And I, I want to just say, if, if somebody really has been hurt on the issue of finances in church, I want to apologize just on behalf of pastors and ministers and the church. And please don't let a hurt from the past hinder you from stepping into God's eternal purpose and all that He's calling you to do with the rest of your life. I, 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 I want to be pastoral and fatherly on that, on that issue today. Um, but if we're going to talk about following Jesus and really being uh, disciples of Jesus Christ, then we've got to talk about money and finances because it is such a barometer in our lives of what's, pri- what's a priority, what's most important. We just we have to talk about it. And so uh, when we come to Jesus, we put our faith in Him, we put our trust in Him, and then we say, Lord, I want to follow You. I want to be immersed into Your life. And then we're, we're baptized into Christ, into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And the idea is that we're raised to live a new life, but we're immersed in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit reality. We're immersed in the life of God. Now, we don't do this, but I think a lot of times we might need to also have another little service. Uh, you know, where we say, and Lord, not just me, 
not just my thinking and my heart, but also in the name of Jesus, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, my wallet, my bank account, my finances, everything underneath the, the Lordship of, of, of Jesus. And sometimes people will ask me, do you believe in a second baptism? <laughs> and I, I say, yes. I, just so if anybody's wondering about that, I say, yes, a second, a third, and a 92nd, and a 503rd. Yes, I want to be immersed in an ongoing way in the nonstop, never ending Niagara of God's love. And I want this baptized in my, in my own life. And I want it for you guys because it's so important for us as disciples. It's really a big deal. So disciples are not born. Disciples are made. You don't come out of the, the womb doing spiritual practices and doing things that help you grow as a disciple. You have to be taught those things. And so today, with just a desire for the very best for every, every person here, the desire for your very best, I, I want to back up and just look at the image of God for just a minute. And here's the main thing. Learning to give helps to form us into the image of God who reveals Himself in self-giving love. That's what he, that's how God reveals Himself in the sending of the Son and the sending of the Spirit. It's self-giving love that is ultimately expressed on the cross of Jesus Christ. Self-giving love. Self-giving love. That's why we read earlier the Philippians passage that God, your attitude should be like Jesus who who's, was in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied Himself and made Himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant. He humbled Himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So we want to grow as disciples, number one, in the image of God. Okay? In the image of God. So this is this downwardly uh, mobile, emptying Himself God that is revealed in Jesus Christ. And one of the primary ways that we... We describe God when we say God is just a, just a primary, just core. God is what? He's love. Just First John chapter four verse ten defines that. And one of the primary ways that we define that love, we say God is love, and then we define that love according to John here in First John chapter four verse ten by the cross. This is love. So black and white. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So there's God is love, and there's your definition of love. It's the cross. The cross is the focal point of self-giving love. And everything for us as disciples of Jesus Christ we're just constantly being wooed back and called back to see everything through the lens of Jesus and His self-giving love for us. So that's really huge. We're made in the image of a triune, relational God of love who before creation was living Father, Son, Holy Spirit, love. But out of that fullness of love, He creates. And out of that fullness of love, even when we blow it, He comes to redeem and to reconcile and to make things right in self-giving love. Okay, now, if you're in skeptical mode, one of the things you might say is, okay, but doesn't the cross, isn't that more about our spiritual life 
that's about spiritual things and that's not really about our stuff, is it? Money, stuff, possessions. And I want to just come back and say, Jesus is so clear about money, where it goes, our hearts just, it just, just follows along. You give and your heart follows along right there. It's not, it might, it does in some cases, it does. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also going to be. So it's interesting to me, here I am talking about uh, giving out of a Trinitarian theology of God's self-giving love. But I mean, that's a pretty solid grounding for our giving, isn't it? And I want, I, that's why I wanted to back up. That was my like, oh yeah, wow. We give because God's a giving God. We, we learn to give because God is a, a God who gives in self-giving love. His very self. Who He is. And, and when, when Paul is trying to convince the Corinthians to be generous givers, you know what he does? He points exactly to the same thing I'm pointing to. He points to the fact that Jesus, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, Jesus, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor so that you through His poverty might become rich. Okay, so when, when we're thinking about being generous and we're learning how to give, we need to look where? To Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate self-giver. You know, the Father's love and letting us in on that. It's tremendous. We want to grow as disciples because this is the image of God. We want to grow into the image of a self-giving, other-centered, self-sacrificing kind of love that God has for us. Does this make sense? I'm not trying to be too deep, but I want us to ground theologically our giving in the self-giving God that we're being shaped into the image of. Okay, so second piece. We want to grow as disciples in the image of God, and we want to grow as disciples by learning spiritual practices that form us. So we look to Jesus, and we there are things that we do in order to be formed and shaped into the image of God. There's We call them disciplines sometimes, spiritual disciplines. That's why I said disciples, disciplines, and giving. But uh, what would be some disciplines, some practices that we do around here with consistency that we believe are going to help us become more like Jesus? Quiet time. Okay, spending time with Jesus every single, every, ever, every single morning is, is a practice. And I've said it for 20 plus years. This is the most important piece of pastoral advice that I could give you is to get up every single day and spend time with Jesus. You know, but, but it's a practice. I don't always call it a practice, but it's a spiritual discipline that's for our good. You know, you don't have to, but it goes better for you when you do. You know, uh, fasting. You know, prayer with fasting. <laughs> yeah, give me a whoop. You know, it's like, I don't always want to do that, but things go better when I do. Not out of legalism, but I, when I take time to push away from food and say, God, I want you more than I want that. And just even if it's a meal or two, just building that discipline in my life is a helpful, good thing. Fasting. Um, somebody said worship. When we come together like this and worship, it's good for our souls. It's a discipline. You don't have to, but it's a spiritual practice that is good for your soul. You know, and it's like it's better to come three or four times than it is one or two. 
just throw that out there. I mean, just especially in our culture right now, like this is something that's really good for us. It helps us. It encourages us. So worship would be one of those. Simplicity is kind of the other side of giving. So you got giving over here. Simplicity is that part where we live below our means, where we live simple so that we can give generously. You know, so we've got a, there's kind of a couple sides of that equation there, but simplicity is a discipline. It really is something that we learn to do over time. We don't, in fact, we come out of the womb the opposite. And we have to learn to be other centered and, and opening our hands up. Uh, scripture memory. I'm just giving you some spiritual practices. Scripture memory is a great one to get the word of God inside of you so that when you're under pressure, what comes out is what you've put in there. Scripture memory, study, taking time to think deeply about the scriptures or read theological books and or books on prayer, things that help you practice the presence of God, those kinds of things. Those are all disciplines that are very uh, important. Thankfulness is a discipline that I mean, it's a good thing to do, but it's it's in our lives. We find that it's an important spiritual practice like we'll just be walking and say five things. Five things you're thankful for and we each have have to do that's a. That's a practice in our lives that we want to keep growing in. So does everybody understand now that giving is like that? Giving is a spiritual discipline that you don't have to do, but it actually helps you. It helps you realign your heart, your life, your mind, your thinking. Um, you know, for us, you know, I know that just getting our finances in line with God's economy and what God's eternal purpose is, the church, God's people. But I'm just quoting from Ephesians chapter 2. I don't want to just do the whole passage there. But he says the church is the eternal purpose of God that He's brought us together in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so we want to be putting our resources and time and money into what is... God's number one priority. It's who we're, it's who Jesus is coming back for us, you know, the church. And, uh, so let me just talk about Paul talked about these three buckets and I'll, I'll just use that again because I thought that was great last week. Tithing is, is a starting place and that's all it is. It's Old Testament. You don't have to do a tithe, but it's a good starting place for new covenant believers. Even Jesus himself said when talking with the Pharisees, they were talk, uh, he was talking to them really about justice and mercy. But in talking about tithing, he said, don't neglect the former, but do justice and mercy. Really do it. But don't, he's, he didn't use that as an opportunity to go, don't worry about tithing. It's a starting place. Randy Alcorn, I love what he says. It's like training wheels on the bike that help you kind of get going in learning how to give. Okay, and so if you go like tithing is legalistic, then don't do 10%. Do 11. Do, do 12. 13, you know, whatever. So start there. And then, you know, this is why we stand up week after week and, and say, uh, this is a time for tithes and offerings. It's because we do tithes, but we also do above and beyond that. You know, our practice, so like, let's say supporting missionaries or supporting some other kind of ministry or something. Our practice for just the whole time that we've had missionaries for these couple of decades is to support every one of our missionaries. 
That's just that's that's what we made a decision to do that a long time ago. But I'm and the reason I'm being this blunt and direct is I think that we all need examples of actually what it looks like to be a sacrificial giver. So we moved beyond the tithe a long time ago in our in our personal giving and and do all kinds of offering stuff with our missionaries and and on and on. Now, this was new. I, I hadn't, hadn't thought about, Paul called this the fun bucket. The fun bucket. And what I like about the fun bucket, you know, we keep money. We live below our means so that we can give generously, like on this extraordinary giving day coming up. You know, we want to give some, something, you know, and, and the, but we don't have a fun bucket. And I, I like that. And the point is, they actually budget money to go into the fun bucket. And what Paul told Kim after the service was, what I really like about that is that if, the Lord doesn't put somebody on our hearts to give out of that fun bucket for several months or it, you know, a little bit of time goes on. It means that something big is coming, something fun, something really fun is coming. Okay? So all of those are just examples of learning spiritual practices that are good for us. Years ago, I had a, a good friend. He was here um, at the church and he said he struggled with spending time with Jesus. He just felt like that was legal getting up to spend time with Jesus every day. But his breakthrough came when I talked about brushing your teeth. And I, I said, you know, brushing your teeth, you don't have to. And I don't feel like a legalist because I get up and brush my teeth every morning. I, I, and I do it every single morning. I'm in there. I was taught to do it. You know, I had to be helped to do it. I had to be reminded to do it when I was a little kid. And over time, it became a discipline. And over time, I would even say there's a certain amount of delight in not having whatever goes with the, the opposite side of brushing your teeth. And so, and he had a breakthrough. And, and this particular guy had a major breakthrough when he just realized, no, it's something I want to do. It's something I wanted. There's good that comes out of that. And I would say, you know, you don't have to come to worship. You, you don't have to, but it's good for you when you do. You don't have to fast and pray, but it's good when you occasionally do that. You don't have to memorize Scripture, but it's good when you do it. You don't have to give and be generous in giving, but it's good for you, for us. And I, I'm just as fatherly as I can say that, our I cannot disconnect our rapid spiritual growth from, from beginning to tithe. I, I just, I can't, I can't make that disconnect because it's so marked when we took off and started growing spiritually, really following the Lord. I mean, there's been enough stuff happen. What happens is your heart goes there. Your heart goes there. And we began to love the church because our, our finances were there, you know, in a sacrificial way. And I would even just offer, I'm getting old enough now um, that uh, when we, we just had the Antioch U.S. conference down in Waco and there's 500 adults and 300 kids uh, about 10 days ago. And I'm, I'm like, people come up to me and they say, you're just like, you're getting older. Thank you. You know, you're like a dad in the movement and all this stuff. And but I want to just say this about, about money and giving. I don't know that we'd be here if we hadn't been sacrificial givers all along the way so that our hearts were involved. 
all along the way. Because there's been enough stuff, there's been enough hurts and wounds and hard things happen down through the years, down through the decades. There's been enough hard things happen that if my heart wasn't there, I'd say, you know what? You can have that. That's too painful. And if we're, and if our hearts aren't given someplace, it's going to be real easy when something hard happens to say, you know what? You can have that. Because it's too, it's too hard. But when our hearts are here, then like the image of God, the Father turning toward the Son, the Spirit, you know, our hearts are to turn toward one another and work it out. The last piece, and I'm, I'm really, uh, just, just about done here. Um, what's our new stop time? Thank you. I'm I'm learning. Old dog. New tricks. So, desire, discipline, delight. So now let's just. I just want to say just a word about the delight, the joy part. Here's the third thing: we grow as disciples. We want to grow as disciples who know the joy of giving. And again, I've been saying that I really don't have much to say here because I've been saying it in this last point is just that generosity has a way of just bringing our hearts into the joy of the cycle of grace and the cycle of praise and the cycle of thanksgiving. Paul talks about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, chapter 9. He says when you give, it's like there's three different forms of the Greek word charis that are actually being used there in 2 Corinthians 9. He says, when you give, it's the grace of God coming to you. And you give to other people, and they experience that with thanksgiving. So there's there's charis and eucharista and charisma. All of those words all at, at play here. And what happens is you give, and that leads to thanksgiving, which leads to praise, which leads to more grace flowing down into this ever ascending upward helix that we call the cycle of grace and praise. And we want to be in on that, the cycle of giving, the joy of giving. And I just want to say, just as, as I'm wrapping this up here, I love Antioch Community Church. I love this church. And this is a generous church. You know, just awkwardly, just smile. But just if you just look left and right real quick, just, just smile at somebody. No, it's awkward. But you, but you guys are generous and it's good. It's a, it's good for me to call that out in us and to, to call us into the grace of giving. And I just want to say that our spiritual growth, our path, our journey, our growing up as sons and daughters, it's not going to be disconnected from this. It's always going to be connected to our giving. So you want to accelerate things? then jump in. I came across this from a guy named Nelson Searcy. He's a pastor up in New York City. And he said, find yourself in the definitions below. And I'm going to give some definitions here and then call us to take one step forward over the next six months. So here we go. First of all, the nuns. These are women in a convent. I'm just kidding. The nuns. Usually regular attenders who are in worship but are absent during the offering. That doesn't mean you leave. It just means that you haven't jumped in on that process. The sums. Usually regular attenders who occasionally give to the offering, both the how much and the how often of their giving is inconsistent. Typically, contribution is based on what they have in their purse 
or or in their pocket at the time. Uh, I years ago I was uh, in a Bible study with a guy named Tommy Nelson from uh, up in Denton, and he would call that you know it's back. This is going to be less happening just as time goes on. My son he does he doesn't carry cash at all, you know. But maybe think times are going to be changing. But he called that throwing God a bone. You know, when you'd like pull out a five or a ten or a twenty and you put that in the plate. The point is, we want to be thinking and proactive and intentional about our giving. The steady. Partners who give consistently, but not 10%. They've made giving a part of their monthly budget, but have not yet chosen to give proportionally. The tithers, partners who give 10% of their income, they've chosen to give the first fruits and trust God with their finances. These individuals are invited to begin giving sacrificially. The sacrificial. Giving is both proportional and sacrificial, and they reevaluate their giving on a regular basis, asking the Lord how much He's calling them to give above and beyond the tithe. So here's the challenge today as we're wrapping up this series on finances is make a commitment to take a step forward in the next six months. That's simple. So that's going from none to some. If that's, that's you, then jump in on the some part. That's if, if it's going from some to steady, then, then make a commitment to do that. If it's going from steady to tithing, then make a commitment to do that. And if it's going from tithing to sacrificial, then make a commitment to do that. Take a, take a step forward. Test God. It's one of the places where He says, test me in this. Take a step of faith. And just in a six-month experiment, you're going to find out, hey, is something positive going to happen here or not? I had a, a dear sister just catch me when she heard I was going to be preaching this next this week on on finances. She said, and she wanted to tell me her testimony. We missed each other a bunch on the phone, but she ended up texting and saying, "I have been blessed so much when I didn't have when I didn't have enough money to pay my bills, but I kept tithing, and God just absolutely blew me away. He's brought me into a completely different place." And those kind of testimonies, I mean, there's thousands of them. Dave Ramsey. Financial peace. I mean, how many thousands and thousands upon thousands of testimonies do we have to hear to go getting my finances in line with God's economy is a good thing for all of us. John Wesley lamented the fact that when people came to the Lord, they started working harder. They started getting their finances in line. And ultimately, it led to other temptations that would pull them away from the Lord. He's like, what do I do? This is the part of the problem of the great awakening. You know, but that's what happens. And the Lord is calling us to right ordering of our finances. All right. I think that you guys, if you ask around the church, people that, you know, if you ask somebody that's, that's giving, they will be able to give you a testimony and just about how God's blown us away in provision time after time after time again. And it's amazing. We get to see more of who God is when we jump in to the joy of giving like this. Right? So there's your discipleship finances message for the day. If you would stand up. and We've got a little time here. Let's just respond to the Lord. And if you would, um, just if we get some a few more prayer guys, come on up. Help us out praying for people. Let's just be, let's be still and silent here for just a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that You would speak to us. Lord, help us around this room just in the different ways that we're when we hear 
things like this or just when we sense the call to follow You in a deeper way, Lord, I just pray that there would be grace right now. Father, Your love flowing in and through every person here to know how much You care for us and that following You in this way just would just be the next, just the next thing that you're, you're giving us grace to do. So Lord, help us all around the room. Name of Jesus. What's that next step? Lord, where there needs to be desire, would You stir it up in Jesus' mighty name? Lord, where there needs to be an understanding that we're, we're being shaped into the image of, of a God who is self-giving in love and relationship. Lord, where there needs to be just some more practice happening in our lives. Growing in discipline, Lord, would You help us in the name of Jesus? We don't have to. And You're wooing us forward, but would You give us grace to say yes. Put the yes in our hearts wherever we're at, all around the room, in the name of Jesus. Yeah, you know, so just practically, I mean, just listen. You're listening. Lord, what's my next step with You? And if you want to get somebody to pray with you, people pray just for breakthroughs and stuff. But it might be that you'd pray with your spouse too. What's my next step there? Just Lord, help us. We want to follow you with all of our hearts, all that we are. In Jesus' name, amen. And say also too, if you have any kind of prayer need, we always take a little bit of time here just to get prayer. We believe God answers prayer. So come and get prayer while we're just singing this song and then we'll, we'll dismiss in just a moment.